Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Iranian Market Minute. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd. And this is episode number 170. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter. The only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investing opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right. Good to be back with you guys again after a, uh, a long weekend for me um, in terms of the podcast, although yesterday we did host our August members-only webinar. I hope that if you are a member, you were able to join us live yesterday, and if not, the uh, replay for that webinar is posted to the website. You can view that from the members area at any time. Um, if you are not a member, you can access all of our previous content immediately, even with a quarterly membership option. There is a link in the description below if you would like to check that out. Uh, interesting, we had a decent couple of days in the markets today. I'm going to talk about what is typically a strong seasonal period for uranium in the mailbag section today. Before we do that, we'll review the charts, but first, let's go ahead and jump right into the daily scoreboard here. Spot price of uranium hovering right around $48 a pound, $47.85 mid-market here, a slight move down today, really nothing uh, nothing really to speak of. Very, very, very slow period of time for the spot market, and we don't expect that to change until after Labor Day. Labor Day, Monday, September 5th, that is coming in about two weeks. Probably going to be a quiet spot market leading into what is typically a strong seasonal period, the WNA conference, et cetera. Like I said, I'm going to talk about that a bit more in the mailbag section. Uh, SPUT yesterday, obviously still very much in a deep discount to NAV, so did not raise any new cash. Minus 14.33% discount to its net asset value as of yesterday's close. Now, today it did trade up a few percentage points, so that's closed probably down to 11 or 12% discount to NAV. In my opinion, now and over the next few weeks is probably going to be your last opportunity to buy SPUT at this deep of a discount to NAV. Just saying. They are now sitting on $36.5 million in cash. They are likely to hang on to that. I would be very surprised if they spent any of that on uranium here. Probably going to hold that as a, as a buffer and for GNA expenses. Turning to the equity, equity ETFs. URA reported 110,000 shares and redemptions. URNM reported no change in outstanding shares. That, of course, is over two days. It's Friday and Monday, and there's a lag time. So that redemption actually probably was from the middle of last week, Wednesday or Thursday. And that redemption led to $1.5 in mandated selling. Really not a whole lot going on in terms of the ETF flows. Yesterday, the, the shares held up pretty nicely. Uh, we had a very weak broad market, S&P gapping down and closing at the lows of the day, uh, greater than 2% loss on the day for the S&P, while we actually had some of the uranium stocks even close in the green. Nice outperformance. Uh, today, we actually did the same thing. The S&P was trading up, sold off throughout the day, and we had uranium stocks up 2 3 4 5% on the day. Very, very nice to see that relative outperformance. And on that note, let's take a look at the charts. Starting off with URA trading up over 3% on the day, decent day, average trading volume, significant outperformance of the S&P in the broad market. Um, very nice to see uh, a little bit of strength here. Now, will we see this uh, yesterday's hammer candle that looks like a bottoming type of candle print? Will that be the low of this pullback or will we trade down a bit more 
uh, possibly making a higher low from July uh, before resuming an uptrend and leading into what is likely, in my opinion, to be a strong seasonal period for uranium. That is yet to be seen. Either way, I would like to see a higher low being made from July, and I would like to see uranium equities uh, base at the very least for the next two to four weeks before what I believe will be a strong period seasonally. URNM relative to the uranium spot price, nice day today, up over 3% on a relative basis. Um, after yesterday, also printing a nice little hammer candle. Uh, will we see a, some continued weakness over the next couple of weeks? Hard to tell at this point. Either way, good to see some outperformance and see the equities trade up a bit here. Cameco got absolutely slammed on Friday. That was most likely in relation to the fact that Friday was options expiration day for the month of August. And I'm sure we had a lot of Cameco long, uh, short dated option call options that expired on Friday. And the market really likes to create a lot of pain on expiration day. That was a big down day for Cameco down 8% on the day. So we had a nice recovery yesterday. Cameco actually traded up uh, almost half a percent yesterday with the S&P down big and risk off across all the markets. Um, today up nicely, almost 4%. Again, basically average volume. I would like to see this chart continue to chop sideways before we uh, come into um, a strong seasonal period. URA relative to the S&P, obviously very, very nice candle today and yesterday with a, a nice green candle. We're still trading below the trend line uh, for charting from the beginning of this bull market. I would like to see this be an undercut low and have the uranium equities come back up and resume that uptrend relative to the S&P. Finally, the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust trading up 2.67% on the day. Where is the volume? It certainly is not here. What does that mean? Institutional players are not flooding into this vehicle yet. All right, mailbag section. Okay, so I get a lot of questions. Um, in fact, I've had a number of questions over the past couple of weeks about uh, the seasonal period for uranium. Why do I feel this year is going to be particularly strong? So I want to speak on that for a minute. First of all, why is late Q3, early Q4 traditionally, on average, <clears throat> a relatively strong period for uranium? Okay, first of all, we have the WNA conference that is the first week of September. This is an annual conference. The last two years have been digital. Finally, uh, players in the investing space and the nuclear um, in the nuclear industry can meet in person in London at the beginning of September. It's going to be a fantastic conference. And this is going to be a big one because there's huge changes that have happened to the nuclear fuel markets this year due to the bifurcation of the market between Russia, quote unquote, the East and the West. That is happening. That is already happening. I've spoken about these factors ad nauseum. And now <clears throat> going into this fall seasonal period that is typically strong, we have a lot of very, very important decisions for Western utilities to start making. And uh, uh, so the WNA conference is a big one, and that's happened in the first week of September. Additionally, there will be a uh, uranium fuel seminar 16th through the 18th in October in Las Vegas. That's an NEI conference. That is uh, going to be an important one as well. And we also have a lot of utilities, particularly in the United States, have their fiscal year beginning in October. Okay, so we'll have renewed budgets. There's um, a number of important elements of the fuel cycle. Like I said, I've spoken about this many, many times, why this year is particularly important and why what is generally a strong seasonal period for uranium is happening to coincide with the timing of this bifurcated market 
uh, trickling down through the fuel cycle. Okay, what do I mean by that? Basically, what I mean by that is that utilities, since this war has started in, in Ukraine, invasion uh, by Russia, um, at least not immediately, but pretty shortly thereafter, utilities in the West have had to deal with a very fast changing nuclear fuel market. Okay, Russia has been a very reliable and relatively inexpensive provider of nuclear fuel services and products for a very, very long time. They have been a uh, a go-to source for all elements of the fuel cycle. In fact, if you were a utility in the West or the East, you can literally pick up the phone, call Rosatom, <clears throat> and, uh, and deal with every single element of the fuel cycle. You can get your uranium, your conversion, your UF6, your uh, enrichment or your EUP, your fabricated fuel. Bob's your uncle, hang up the phone, and you've got your, your entire fuel cycle covered. That is gone, okay? And that's a really big deal for that to be gone from the Western utilities, which make up 70% of the world's global nuclear utilities, okay? Very, very important to understand. So while the utilities are figuring out enrichment capacity that is going to be available in the West for the periods they're uncovered, which is, you know, the U.S. utilities are relatively covered in the short term, but you go out two, three, four years, we start to get 30, 40, 50% uncovered once we get beyond 2025, 2026, which if you consider an 18 to 24 month fuel cycle and everything that's happening in the world is basically tomorrow. So while the utilities are figuring out the enrichment and the conversion side of things throughout this summer during this slow period, which by the way, we've already signed 76 and a half million pounds in long-term contracts of U308, which is a very um, a significantly higher level of volume than we've seen over years past. In fact, it's probably the highest annual volume by the end of the year that we'll have seen in the last 10 years for long-term contracting for U308. So utilities are figuring out the back end of the fuel cycle. And when they understand enrichment levels, the amount of SWU and the cost of SWU and the tails assays that they will contract for with Uranco or Orano, then that will tell them how much uranium they need to buy to run through the fuel cycle. And <clears throat> this is crucial to understand. They have to run it through the fuel cycle now. They can't go to Uranco or to Orano and buy UF6 from the enrichment facilities. Underfeeding is gone. Tails re-enrichment is gone in the West, Okay. Will the Russians continue to will the Russians continue to underfeed? Probably. <clears throat> will that uranium end up going uh, to the West? No, it will not. At least not as things are looking now. That will be um, only available to the East. Will that reduce China's demand going forward? That's an interesting question. Will China be able to buy a lot of uranium fuel services from Russia? Possibly and probably. Uh, but but in the short term, the bulk. Uh, and not even in the short term, just generally speaking, the bulk of the nuclear utilities in the world are in the West and they're not buying from Russia, okay? So all of that fuel cycle contracting confusion and the utilities in the West having to deal with this quickly changing market are needing to come to the market for the U308 to fulfill the contractual needs of conversion and enrichment they are signing now, Okay. It's a really important point. Now that aligns with uh, the, a strong seasonal period for uranium. I'm going to share a chart here. Now this comes from equityclock.com. I'm using UPC here instead of Sprott. And there's a reason for that because Sprott uh, skewed this average significantly last year because of the advent of their ATM and the unique situation that presented. So it doesn't really show, in my opinion, 
what is typical of a normal year in buying of uranium. So UPC, uh, this is the best seasonal chart we can have for the price of uranium, okay? Uh, so what we see here is a slide down in the cost of uranium um, based on the trading patterns of UPC over the past 15 years. So this is 2005 to 2020, the seasonal averages for UPC. This takes off in October for all the reasons I already mentioned, uh, post WNA, post uh, new budgets for a new fiscal year, and it stays strong November, October, November, December, typically through the end of February before chopping sideways and cooling off for the summer months. Now, in my opinion, that is what's coming for uranium. And I think that this year presents a very, very unique situation because of the elements of the fuel cycle in this newly bifurcated market, bumping up against what is typically a strong season for uranium. And on top of that, we know that what has already happened and is currently happening in the enrichment conversion markets is about to hit the U308 markets. Okay. So am I pounding the table? I'm pretty close to basically pounding the table here. Do, do we see another flush down in the broad markets? Does it take us down in the next uh, handful of weeks? It's entirely possible. I don't really care. If we do see that, in my opinion, that's your last chance to get on this train at valuations that are reasonable. Um, that's just, that's my opinion. I know that's pretty strong language, but I'm, I'm very, very confident in what's about to happen to the uranium markets. Okay. And it's anyone's guess what the Fed is going to do. So I'm not going to waste my time and my breath on trying to guess when Jay Powell is going to pivot. Um, there's a lot of very, very smart macro guys on Twitter. I tend to follow the, the cuppies of the world. Uh, Paulo Macro is incredible. Uh, Contrarian8888 is uh, fantastic. Follow these guys. And I think that they're um, short-term calls at the very least are very interesting. I tend to be in their camp. Um, so I think basically that regardless of the macro environment for the broad markets, what's coming for uranium is coming for uranium. And the broad markets are not going to change that. Will they influence the action of the equities? Probably as they traditionally have. That's sort of out of your control. Um, what is within my control is to understand the macro fundamentals of uranium and to act on them in a manner that I see fit. That's exactly what I'm doing. I've been relatively aggressive over the past couple of months uh, in, in to the ability that I have been able to in terms of my own holdings. Um, I am long this stuff, so I eat my own cooking here. And all of our, our newsletter members know that we are definitely long and we are very um, very enthusiastic and excited about what's about to happen to these markets. So seasonally speaking, um, <clears throat> we are very, very close to what I think is going to be a pretty strong move. All right. I'm going to leave it there. I will see you guys again tomorrow. Hope you have a great night. Take care. Cheers.